Welcome to Legacy Sport Live, stories of the people who are shaping the conversation at the intersection of sport, business and purpose. I'm Neil Duffy, co-author of our new book, Legacy Sport, how to win at the business of sport in the age of social good. Today, my co-author Fabien Paget talks with Kelly Nascimento de Luca and Lisa Zamouche about women in football. Lisa is a freestyle footballer and one of an exciting breed of young female athletes advocating for gender equality while Kelly has recently produced a groundbreaking documentary called Warriors of a Beautiful Game that highlights the important issues facing women in football today. Both share with Fabian their personal stories as females navigating their way in the male-dominated football environment. So, first, I mean, thank you to you both uh, for, for joining the conversation. Um, so, the plan of today is to, to, to engage the conversation and uh, I'm going to record, okay, the, the conversation, if that's okay with you. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and of course, I'm very pleased to share that, uh, that discussion with, uh, with two amazing women, uh, I would say warriors. And, uh, and strong advocates for, for, for women empowerment and, and equality. So uh, maybe to start, uh, I would like maybe, uh, I mean, one, one by one, but for, for both of you to tell, tell us a bit more about your story and, uh, and how life has brought you to where you are today. Uh, would, you, would you mind to share with us a bit about your story? You go first, Kitty? Yeah, you go uh. first. Okay, um, so I'm Lisa Zimush, 20 years old. Um, I started playing soccer in a team at seven years old. I was the only girl in that team. Um, then I switched to freestyle at 10 years old, uh, freestyle football. I was doing both, and then I chose to play um, freestyle football. Yeah. Great. Kelly, yes. What? What? About, I mean, I know you have a. Yeah, I have. A, I have a long, a, many more years. To talk. <laughs> well, I mean, we, we we have time, so I, I want to. Yeah, I try to. I try yeah. to make it quick. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think that I can tell you how I got to this. Uh, you know, to where I am here. I think my my background is in the arts. Um, yeah. I feel like when people ask me what I do, I always feel like, you know, I've always felt like I'm a storyteller. I was a photographer, I worked in, in, in graphic design, but it was always about telling a story in some way or another. Uh, at least I felt that it was. Um, and um, I, uh, I came uh, to this football project because I met a young woman who, uh, kind of like Lisa, I met her through my, my brother-in-law, who's a coach, a youth coach, and he takes kids from, the, from New York to Brazil uh, in the summer to meet, to see some teams. And he went to a favela. He always takes them to a favela team because they have their own sort of tournaments and their own infrastructure. And he saw this girl, it was 2012. And when he got home, he called me and he said, oh my God, you have to see this girl. She's amazing. And, you know, he's never been a, a women's or men's. He just loves football and he's been a coach. He's mostly coached boys because that's, you know, what has come to him. But he was just amazed and he, you know, he tried very hard. He, he, he coaches uptown in New York. A lot of the parents of his, uh, of his uh, players are wealthy and they, they do a lot of, they have a lot of scholarship players that, that he, he gets the parents to help fund. 
And he wanted to try to get her here and try to get her into a junior college just to, you know, to give her a chance at having a future. And um, I became friends with her and uh, through WhatsApp, I went down and met her when I was in Brazil. I just went down to meet her and I became friends through WhatsApp. And uh, in the two and a half years that we chatted through WhatsApp, um, I always, I found it incredible because, you know, I mean, I had kids and my, my, my own job. I was, I was art directing this brand. And so I wasn't, didn't have a lot of time, but it was just sort of friendly WhatsApp on the side. But what I noticed was that every few months she would get very excited that uh, the rumor was that there would be a national team scout coming to see the girls in her area. Because a lot of the great players that we have now, women and men come from, from Bahia and Salvador where she's from. So it is kind of a hotbed of talent. And, and uh, I have to tell you, in the two and a half years that we WhatsApp, they never showed up. And she would get, every time she'd like amp up her training, she'd be so excited, they never showed up. And then finally she came to New York. And that was just the beginning of my like wondering, you know, was she just in the wrong place? Was she just, you know, was somebody not managing her right? And then she came to New York and she had an amazing trajectory and an amazing story, which I could tell you, you know, I mean, it's, I'll give you a quick, I guess you can cut, yeah. but I'll give you a quick. So yeah, she, yeah, she arrived here to go to, so, so my, my brother-in-law Wilson, you know, got, got her to come. She, she did a, a lot of work at home. She got her English better. She, her grades were up. She was offered a spot in the junior college in Brooklyn that had a strong team. Um, and she came, she then had a cell phone for the first time that has had a good camera. So she had her new friends uh, videotape her playing so that she put together a reel with somebody's help. And this reel, she sent to a friend who she knew had been on the U20 national team for Brazil. And she asked yeah. this friend, did it through Facebook. And she asked this friend to ask her dad to send it to the coach. Meanwhile, she'd made, she, she was really wonderful and she got into all the local papers. And someone here who was friends with the coach for the University of Florida called her and said, you should see this girl. And the, the woman, you know, the University of Florida, Becky Burley said, well, I don't, we don't take junior college students. We don't have any foreign students and I don't go, go scouting. But you know, if you make a video, I have a friend who lives in the neighborhood. She said, I'll have him go check her out. So within two years, she made it to the national team, U20 national team, she was captain in Papua New Guinea. And she got a full scholarship for the last two years of her school to the University of Florida. And I thought it was incredible, but I also thought that it was not, I was really actually pissed. It was a, a really uh, eye-opening because it was not a, uh, a story that you could replicate. So there was really no way that any other girl in Brazil really was going to go have the same, you know, because I'm not saying it was luck because I don't want to take away from her hard work. But it was all the, this incredible hard work and tenacity, but plus these, these acts of God, right? There was yeah. no path for a young woman in Brazil. And so then I became interested and I started researching women's football. And um, I was shocked about what I found. I was really shocked about what I found that was still happening um, in many places. And, you know, and at the time, this was 2015, 2016. And I couldn't believe that these things were still happening. So then I went to my partner, we were working on something else. And I said, listen, I think we have to tell this story. Like, this is a huge story because it's about, because I also, the thing that also uh, interested me a lot, actually, one of the things that interested me the most was what an amazing reflection of the actual state of women in each of these countries, you know, was the game of football. It was just a mirror, like it is for men's football, like it is for, you know, for, 
economy first, racism for everything, right? But it really was in every country, the issues the teams had reflected the issues of the country in general. So I said, you know, I went to Justin, I said, look, we, we, we should tell this story, you know, in a bigger context, but we should tell this story, just tell her story. And then it, it, within her story, we tell some of the story of football. And that's what, that's how I started. That's great. I mean, by, by a sense, sport, I mean, sport is, is a reflection of the society. So, and, yeah. and, and what you said is absolutely true. Uh, I mean, Lisa, coming back to, to your story, uh, you've been growing in football, which is, was more male sport at the beginning. And, um, have you, did you, did you feel this, uh, I mean, this kind of statement that, uh, that Kelly was talking about and, uh, and the way people were not treating girls, uh, like, like boys, uh, in football. So, um, I started playing, uh, with my friends first, there were only, only, only guys. So I was the only girl, but I, like, I didn't care. Uh, about that I was the only girl but they treated me as their teammates so um, I think it's the way they treat me uh, made me stronger um, but when I uh, when I grew up when I like around 10 12 years old um, I was I was in a football team and playing against uh, other towns from uh, from the region And um, yeah, I was uh, I was hearing so many so many uh, um, um, tr they, they were trash talking. They were saying every time I was on the pitch, they were saying, "Oh, she's a girl. Uh, she cannot, uh, you know, you, you you she cannot pass you. She cannot dribble you. She cannot." And every time they were saying this, all the team and my teammates, they were telling me to stay calm, and they knew what I could do so um so they trust me and so 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 I was saying calm but I realized that um being a woman uh, in football <laughs> wasn't easy but I think uh, my strong character um made it easier uh but yeah I I felt that a lot uh, since that day uh until uh until uh, I think 20, 2018, when people realized that I was able to, you know, to pass them, and and now they're they they're, they're nicer with me. <laughs> yeah. They're scared, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Great. And and what is your view on on women's football? Do, do do you see? Do you think it has made progress over the past, let's say, three five years? And do you, do you see the progress as of today? And do you expect positive change over the next five years? Kelly, um, to start? Or okay. You want me to start? Okay. Um, I, the one place that I really see uh, great hope is that I think that, that things when they are not exposed don't, uh, you know, there, there's very little uh, uh, chance for them to be resolved. I think that public opinion is really important in so many ways because you know we're we're uh, we're driven by marketplace and we're driven by um, you know the company's desire to please the con the consumer. So public opinion is important, and I feel that in the, the way that in which it has it has uh, 
uh, come to the forefront in, in, in the media and in, you know, with, with the, particularly with the women's uh, suit, the, national, the women's national team, the US, and their lawsuit. Um, what it has done, it, it has brought the problems to the forefront so that people are talking about it. And to me, that, that's really, really wonderful. And it's really, really hopeful. And I don't think it's gonna be a, like a sort of rosy, oh, everything's fine now. But I do feel like you ha that's where it, it has to start somewhere. And you know, while people are still allowed to conduct themselves and do certain things you know, unchecked is when there are so many problems, right? So it's when you, the minute you, you start telling these stories, then there's, you know, there's accountability. Yeah. So I think in that way, it, absolutely, there's going to be change. There needs to be a lot more, but I think there's definitely going to be change. Yeah, I agree. I agree, I agree. Uh, uh, I mean, just the, the last World Cup was, uh, was a huge success in France. Um, there were so many viewers on TV from men to, to women. So it was, a, it was a huge win. And from, uh, I remember the, the year I started playing in a team in 2007, um, we didn't have role model like now we have uh, in, in the French national team uh, because we had role model in in the US, but the French national team, like we we knew just one one player, and and now I think uh, it has changed a lot. Um, there's still <laughs> change changes to to make, um, but there is hope. And uh, that's why uh, that's why we are here to speak about uh, women uh, in sports and um, and uh, yeah, that's the main uh, purpose to to make a change. Can you can you share uh, with us today uh, how you I mean more about your commitment? I know you are both very committed in 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 a similar and different. Um, how how you can you can you kill Kelly, explain more about the movement you have created and how it consists. Uh, and also, Lisa, after, can you share with us uh, more about your commitment and everything you do? Um, so I, 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 one of the things that when we decided to make a film, uh, one of the things that I wanted to, you know, immediately to try to find, figure out how to do is how to make that film work for football. You know, that it wouldn't just be entertainment and it wouldn't just... Um, just start a conversation, which is really important, but I wanted to be for, I wanted it to do more because I thought, you know, if I'm going to go knocking from door to door and asking these incredible people to, to give me their time, it can't, you know, it has to uh, be useful for longer than the hour and a half that people watch it. Right. Um, so I, what, what I did was uh, we uh, put together, we, we, we got together five um, grassroots organizations, non-for-profit organizations that use football to help girls in many different ways. Uh, yeah. and, 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 and then sort of, especially in safety, you know, opportunity um, and um, availability, you know, in and, and, and every way that has to do not just with being a professional, but with how sport can help uh, and to, to broach subjects that are difficult to talk about to in many, many ways that it can help, right? In all the myriad ways that it can help. And um, I, we, we, we signed MOUs with these, these five organizations at, so that the film at, at will, in different ways with every organization, be able to be used after it's released to help generate, hopefully money, that's number one. But if not money, there are ways then they're built into our, our agreements that they'll be able to use the film in different ways. 
um, that helps them, you know, generate awareness and, and, and money on their own. And I think that that's, you know, to me, that was a way that the film could be, because I always saw it as sort of a global group effort, this film, right, that would then be, be able to sort of be almost like a public service announcement, right, that you'd be able to put it out there and then let people, you know, my, my dream is to uh, raise enough money after to, to re-edit it into like a 40-minute uh, uh, film and then sort of take it on the road, you know, and then take it to places that people won't get to theaters um, and won't get to maybe the streaming on the internet and pop up a, a screen and just, you know, screen it. And then uh, wh whoever the, the, gra the, gra the on the ground activist is for that, you know, can then take the, the, the movement and, and do what they will with it. So it's kind of to be sort of given away. Um, and hopefully that's what we'll be able to do. Great. Great. <laughs> um, Lisa, yeah, so what about you? Yeah, yeah so I, so basically I'm a freestyle footballer and I started putting um, video on social media um, back in 2013. I was, yeah, I was 14 years old. I was just putting video on, on social media and I realized that um, there were many people uh, following me and uh, that my, my videos had uh, an impact because I was putting videos of of myself playing against men and uh, against grown men, not uh, kids, not. And so, um, so, so I realized that th there was a, a big message behind those videos. And um, from now, I just want to to have an impact on young girls and to make sure that um, they're confident enough to play around boys, to play football, and. Um, and just, I want to share my message. I want to share my story. And um, I want to have an impact on young people, boys and girls, and to make sure that uh, they, they know that uh, we have to be equal in every way and in football, especially. Um, so we have to, to raise. So that's why I want to share my story to boys also, because of course, I want to make sure that girls are confident, but I want to make sure that boys know that we can do uh, whatever they're doing. So, um, yeah. yeah, that's basically what I'm doing right now. Yeah, and, and think, positive. About, about Lisa and how important, I think, you know, and, and that's the thing about telling your own story and being able to tell stories is that I think that the film, you know, you talk, people ask me, what do you want the film to do? The truth is, I, I don't really believe that these huge sort of flat, splashy, um, films, events, you know, uh, um, actually do anything in and of themselves. I think if they do the right, what they can do that I think is monumental is what Lisa does and it's inspire people to do things, right? Or, or give young girls out there who are doing it right now, a little extra energy, a little extra sort of a push or a pat on the back or a we see you, right? And because they're the ones who are gonna change everything. It's, you know, and, and that's, I think, what's important, so important about what Lisa's doing is that, you know, you need examples, you know, you can't, it's, it's almost impossible to dream up something completely new without any sort of example and, and, and do it. It happens, but it's very rare. And I think, you know, mm -hmm. one, one example, like just Lisa alone will inspire so many young women just by doing what she does and having fun. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so yeah, much. that's true. That's true. But, but I, from my from my perspective, I think it it requires 
uh, a collective effort. And, and I think it's about raising awareness. It's about inspiring. It's about educating and, and helping every, every kid to, to maximize their potential in life. And, and I think every, every initiatives in some way contribute to that. Uh, do, do you feel there is a, um, there is a strong community in, uh, in women's football uh, around gender equality? And do you feel that community is growing? You want me um, to add to the reply, Yeah, go ahead. You can go and I'll, then I'll go from my perspective. Uh, I think it's getting bigger and bigger. Uh, the more, uh, yeah, I think it's just getting bigger. Um, everything, like, as I told you, the World Cup is when I saw all the fans and I was blown away. I didn't know that there was that much uh, um, uh, excitement around women's football. I knew, I mean, I'm excited about women's football, but I didn't know there was that much. So it, it's getting bigger. I think there's still a lot of work to do, still. Uh, but yeah, it's getting bigger, and that's why we, that's why we're speaking. That's why we're putting videos. It's just to to make it uh, to make sure that people are, are following us and to to, to impact uh, more people. Um, okay. I, I, I you know I am newer to the world of women's football. I think so to see sort of that kind of, uh, in terms of the 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 community. Um, what I did want to say, though, about, you know, about the World Cup is that something that, that Fabian, you said, and I wanted to, to sort of um, uh, agree with and, and expound upon is that it needs, you know, there's, there are a lot of efforts that have to come together to make this, you know, to make this happen and to make this work. And one of the things that I've noticed that's, that's kind of harmful even to the sport is that uh, from interviewing everyone and from going to, to interview uh, the head of women's, you know, women's divisions and big clubs and in small clubs and, uh, and press, you know, the press department and big clubs and the small clubs is that often what you see is uh, a, a one, one sort of uh, section of the club, let's say, or, or, or of, the, of the team making an incredible effort and doing amazing things, right? And some innovative, innovative things in terms of selling tickets, in terms of fan engagement, in terms of you know training. Rarely, though, are all of these things done together. So what happens, unfortunately, and what keeps happening is that there'll be an incredible amount of effort and money. And now I'm not going to say the name of the club because I met the president of one club, a club with money, who said to me, "I don't know the problem." Because we put, I, you know, I put so much money in this club, and I really, and it's really just not working out. Or not, actually, that's not, not working out. It's not returning as much. It's not growing as much as I thought it would for the amount of money we put in it. And from a, an outsider coming in, I could tell you why. And I'm not even, this is not even my job. <laughs> you know, and it's because you need, it's not just money, right? It, you know, the decisions in the club, for example, are being made by a man who is a lovely man, but not a man who comes from any kind of sort of football structure, you know, is a man who is, was involved in it, but not, not had, didn't have any particularly specific skills to be heading the women's division. Do you know what I mean? There were all these yeah. other elements that weren't, that weren't working in conjunction. And what happens with that is that you, at the end, people say, well, we tried, 
that nobody wants to do. See, you know what I mean? So it's yeah. almost more yeah. harmful. And the thing with the World Cup that I find also that's difficult is that it was hugely successful in terms of viewership, right? But I don't know, and, and this is from talking to people, in France, how many more clubs were open yeah. for girls who were dying to play when that World Cup was finished, exactly. right? You know, so the game doesn't grow and then they're like, well, look, you know, we tried, we just can't, you know, so it's, it's important to talk about that. Mm -hmm. Lisa, do you want to add something? Yeah, no, I just want to tell the difference between the World Cup and the, the league, the season, the regular season is so, um, yeah, there's a huge, um, yeah. how you can there's a huge difference between huge gap, yeah. the, the the fan engage uh, yeah the fan engagement it's so crazy and that's so sad because at the end um, that's the same football so I don't get it yeah um, and yeah as I mean there's club like Lyon where the the president is really putting effort he never uh, left the club and he never uh, let the girls down and you can see it that's the most successful club in the world right now. So um, I don't understand why the, the other clubs cannot follow uh, this path. So that's kind of sad, yeah. I think it has to do from the very bottom up also. I mean, I have a very good friend who lives in London, who he works in sports, you know, and he has a four-year-old daughter and he is extremely passionate about women's football. She trains like Alex Morton, let me tell you, like his entire video <laughs> now that he's stuck at home is this poor girl training in their tiny backyard. And he cannot, today, cannot find a woman, a girl's team for her to play on in London. So, you know, this yeah. means that there's a huge gap between the passion and the excitement of the World Cup and the, you know, and even the professional teams, somewhere in there, there's a huge misopportunity with young girls. You know, when we were doing Lisa, that, um, the the thing in Paris, right? There was a great, uh, yeah. uh, there was a great, um, what do you call it? Uh, uh, I forgot who it was that was on that uh, panel who was saying how, you know, after every major event, everybody wants to learn how to be, you know, wants to play a game, right? After the Olympics, every girl wants to, you know, be able to, to, to you know, falls in love with one of those games or every guy falls in love with it. And, it, but, um, but when it's finished, if there's still nowhere for you to go and, and try it out, you know, that, that desire goes away. Mm -hmm. You know, if you I still agree. have to go 40 minutes, you know, or to another town to play soccer and you're four, that's ridiculous. Of course. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, to, to, to build on what you're saying, I, 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 I really believe it, it goes with, with everyone putting some efforts uh, from the very, the, the bottom line to, to, to the top level and to professional level, we need, of, we have the role models. Uh, I think the media have to play a, a, an important role as well in, yes. uh, in, yeah. in showing and, what's happening. Yeah, and when you know that most of the, like the, the, the most important people are, are men, uh, it's kind of sad, you know, the, the powerful people in football, yes. you know, yes. This is men, so we have to convince men to, to, yeah. and this is sad because they, um, they, they're old school people. They, you know, they just don't care yet uh, about women's football. So we have to put effort. And um, but yeah, there's. <laughs> but do you think at at least do you see do, do you think it's going in the right direction? 
of course, um, it's going the right direction. But go ahead, Kelly. No, go ahead. I want to hear your butt. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, it's going the right direction, but I think it's it's still a bit slow. Uh, we can do better. We, I mean, this is the 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 most famous sport in the world. How can women's football uh, cannot be successful? You know, and um, yeah, that's it. I agree. I think it's going in the right direction. I think there's so many barriers, though. I think there's so many, so many barriers. I think a lot of the barriers have to do with, you know, and I, and I you know, and the, the, have to do with women in positions of power all, all throughout the, the, the structure of sport, right? In media, in, in, uh, in um, administrative roles, in teams, and, and, and not because, listen, I, I, I know lots of women, Brazilian women who are super passionate about football and would much rather watch men's football. It's not that women only like, you know, only like women's sports. But I do think that it's about changing the, you know, people put on, it's, it's about changing the narrative at the top, you know? Um, there's going to be, if there's more women in the room, I, you know, if there was more diversity in the room in general, right? If there's more diversity in the room, you get more opinions. And, you know, I think that it's in terms of, uh, a, one of the things about having women in the room right now is that you have one or two and the pressure for them to play the boys game is so huge that it's very difficult for them to advocate. And I think that um, it's, it's a huge missed opportunity financially, right? Business-wise, it's huge. So, so I think that it, a lot of it does have to do with uh, a fear of doing something new. So I think, you know, yeah, go ahead. What do you think, Fabian? You're, this is your area, actually. <laughs> no, I, I, I fully agree with you. I, I, I expect more men to, to be progressive and to take the lead on this. Uh, and I think as long as Maine remains silent, it's not going to change as quick as it should be. Uh, so I believe really men have to also stand up, raise their voice, and, and whatever the sports you're practicing. And, and what I, I mean, not only the professional men athletes, but also everyone uh, in your in your in your city, wherever, uh, I mean, you 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 have a voice even as a as a main educator. Or so, I I really believe we sh everyone should should join the movement and and especially men, of course. Yeah. What what I mean, how the world and how do you envision the world in in let's say ten years? In less than ten years. In ten years' time, how do you envision? Yeah. Um, I want to see. Uh, yeah, I think in ten years it's going to progress even faster than uh, the last ten years. Um, we have people who are speaking up all the time. We have girls, and uh, hopefully we we have boys, as you as you as you told us before. Um, the I, I want to. I believe, like uh, I want to dream of a of a crazy women's football league and with fans <laughs> in the stadium, um, cheering for the team. Um, I, I believe in that, and I think the young people, young people are really realizing <laughs> that uh, 
women and and men are equal. So I think the young generation is going to be a is yeah they're going to have a better mindset than uh, than just my generation because my generation I'm 20 years old but still they still have uh, um <laughs> there's still there's still sexism and stuff so um yeah I hope that the, the new generation are going to stand up and um and um, be a supportive of women um yeah, I think I'm, ex I'm actually really excited and, and super curious to see what's going to happen in the next 10 years. Um, I think that um, I do believe that what's happening right now with, with you know, COVID-19 and the economy of the world is, is put a whole big wrench in, in, you know, in any prediction we can make um, about 10 years from now in terms of, you know, I think that... Um, I'm excited to see, oh, and I think excited sounds, I, I don't mean to sound uh, insensitive, but I'm interested to see uh, what will we level the playing field of what uh, available cash we have a little more with women, you know, with men's teams, what is going to happen? You know, what, uh, you know, are we going to start valuing some slightly different things or being forced to value slightly different things? Uh, is it going to open up a little room, you know, a little more room for, um, other sports and, you know, for women's sports. And I don't, I really don't know. I actually can't, couldn't tell you. I wish I could. I think maybe I'm too old and I've seen 10 years go by many times. <laughs> and I don't know how, you know, if 10 years sometimes doesn't make that much of a difference, but I, I'm, I, I'm very, I'm very interested to see how a lot of things change. Um, I, you know, I, I, I'm not sure. Of course it has to be better. I don't think it's going to be worse. Let's just say that. No. Yeah. But, but, but do you think the 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 COVID uh, the COVID nineteen and what we I mean the challenging time we are facing now will accelerate uh, the 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 way people change their behaviors and the way they look at things? I think definitely. But what I, the way I'm more specifically thinking, or things the things that are coming into my head as I sit here in my house with nothing but time to think, is. Um, um, I think that we are going to be looking for newer ways to conduct business, to make money, to, you know, newer things to promote, different ways to yeah. exactly to do everything. And I really can't tell you, can't see exactly what that means, but I know, you know, I, but I'm a firm believer that however scary it may be, change is 100% good. I think change is really, really good. And mm -hmm. this is like a huge, you know, forced, drastic change, which will be interesting to watch, right? I mean, I can't, I don't know enough about um, the financial market, you know, and just be able to see that far ahead and see things moving in what direction. But I know there's going to be serious change. And I know there's going to be an incredible amount of innovation and creativity that comes from it. And um so I think that's good. You know, that makes it very difficult to predict. I mean, I can t predict for sure that it's going to be in a better place. I also think that the internet, right. Um, streaming, you know, things that for the moment, uh, you know, in 10 years, are we even going to have networks? Right. I, 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 so many panels I did in the last couple of years, I got so much, uh, so many people bring up older people bring up the Super Bowl as like the number one, marker of like what people like to watch and what makes money in terms of you know television viewership but i think a lot of these people you know are still thinking that television is the mainstream media and it's not 
And I think the next 10 years yeah. are going to be a big example of that. Mm -hmm. yeah. I agree, Fabian, I have nothing to add. <laughs> you have nothing to add? No, no, well, I, mean, I think she, yeah, I think she, she said almost everything. Um, we cannot predict anything yet, but I think people, uh, I think even myself, uh, I've changed during those last two weeks of uh, quarantine in Paris. I've thought about the the most uh, um, uh, the most impactful um, works in the world. Now you realize that NHS and uh, and uh, doctors and grocery are the most important things in the world, and other business um, are are not. <laughs> so uh, um, we've already. Uh, been changing um, and I can't wait to see um, the next few months how is it gonna be um, I don't know uh, about sports uh, how people and how um, leagues are about to uh, handle all of this um, but I can't wait to see and um, yeah I think internet is doing a great job today and television um, I think, yeah, I think it's only old people who think television is still the biggest thing. Um, I really do think that uh, Netflix and YouTube and uh, Instagram, Facebook um, are the number one uh, um, way to, 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 to speak and to share things. I agree. I think so too. I think so too. And, and mm -hmm. uh, I have a last question. Um, before we wrap, we wrap up, uh, which is what, if you had one advice to give to, let's say, a, a brand or uh, a CEO um, that hesitates to join women's football or women's sports, what would be your, your advice to him? Kelly, you go. You mean, like a, you mean a brand, in turn, like a kind of brand that, 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 um, yeah, I mean, let, uh, a, I mean a, a brand or a, a brand, right? A, a, a corporation. Uh, what what advice would you give to the to the executives and the leaders uh, in the business world uh, when it comes to women's football or women's sports? My advice would be: don't be an idiot and be the first one. Right? There's, you know, be the Nike, the next Nike. Be, be the next that hero. Yeah, no, but also, but also on a business, you know, I, I, you know, it's not even about, uh, about um, doing anything extraordinarily altruistic, like just, you know, use your brain and look at how saturated the men's market is and look at the incredible opportunity with young women players, right? I mean, if you think about it, you know, in, in the, in the, in the, the, in history, right, historically speaking, um, we're at a place right now where male, male, players, right? Male athletes are the, the rock stars, right? For, for me, in my time, you know, I'm not that old, but like 20 years ago, rock stars were rock stars, right? Now, athletes are rock stars. And how long before, you know, women athletes are rock stars, right? I mean, why are you waiting uh, to play catch up, right? Oh, nobody, you know, nobody ever made a mark in this world by playing catch up. So I say just stopping an idiot. Is that bad? <laughs> <laughs> I've been needed. There's money to make. <laughs> There's money to There's be money made. To like, make that, you know, I mean, I, if I'm speaking their language, right? There's money to be made. Yeah. 
there's money to be made in women's sport. That's I think with money you can you can bring a lot of people. So there's money to be made. There's a woman. Uh, there's so many good athletes, uh, women's athletes. Um, so just um, yeah, just uh, open your mind and um, go on social media and search for women athletes, and you 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 you'll see. You'll see a lot of people, and um, where with who you can you can work and you can make money. So um, come. <laughs> oh, one more. I have one more. One more bit of advice: get yeah. some young, diverse people into your boardroom so that you can know Please. what's going on in the world. Because some of these uh, CEOs are extremely outdated. They have no notion of, of, of uh, social media. They don't understand, right? And it, you need to get some diversity into your boardrooms, into your design rooms, into your, you know, into your, uh, your ad execs, because that is going to kill people. You know, it's going to kill companies that they don't have. And I know this from walking around and talking to people about this movie, you know, and trying to, trying to create partnerships for this film. I, I leave these, these offices and I'm like, oh my God, like you are obsolete. You have a, like a five-year lifespan, you know, and you don't even know it. But I also, here's one more thing that I've noticed. Um, is that unfortunately, and this is sad, but it's true. Um, you know, we talk about people who are who are or are um, visionaries, right? And 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 there's so few of them, and that's one of the things. That's why we talk about them so much because very few people make decisions or care about decisions they make that are going to that are going to manifest a profit after the lifespan of their job. Yeah. You know, and I see this every freaking day and it's so depressing because it's honestly just about sitting around waiting for people to retire or die because they don't like anything that, you know, so I think that makes it very hard. And that's why people who are visionaries, you know, are, are, are we, you know, we respect and we, and we revere so much because there's so few people who think like that. And, and to, to add on this, uh, I, I agree with you. And, and I think it's also how people vision success. Because for now, success has only been around profit, where I think people should look at success as impact and, and profit, both. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. uh, and, and this is also our conviction and our strong belief here is that you can, do, you can do well and do good at the same time. It's not philanthropy, it's not CSR, it's also yeah. business. Uh, and, and I think people, especially in the, the corporate world, they need to understand that. And this is our responsibility as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's also, I think, where public, you know, where, I mean, I do believe that still, it's going to be a while before, you know, a, a great percentage of the world, you know, thinks about uh, impact as, as much as profit. But what, that's where I think public opinion helps because, you know, we are, we have so much more information today as consumers. And you know, especially the new, younger, like Lisa's generation, um, they they are so much more aware of purchasing from someone that speaks to their moral code. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I think that's going to make a difference, even if they don't, you know, if they wish it didn't. Yeah, I agree. And and same way, you have more and more. I mean, the new generation they prefer to to earn maybe less as a as part of their job, but I mean fulfill their personal purpose and, 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 and have a positive impact through the job and the action. 
so yeah. I think it's going to grow and, and, and we can see more and more uh, people going into the direction. So, yeah. We hope that you've enjoyed listening to this edition of Legacy Sport Live, the companion podcast series to our new book, Legacy Sport, how to win at the business of sport in the age of social good. Please visit our website at www.legacysport.org to order your copy of the book and join our growing community of sports business professionals committed to doing good while doing well through sport.